Guys, welcome to another episode of the Remasculate Podcast. What'd you call it? The Remasculate Podcast. Why do you call it that? Because America needs to man up. That's right. That's why I was so big about Trump. You know, I just felt like he was bringing America back. Make America great again. Make America great sounded awesome. And then it was keep America great. And that sounded even awesomer. I know I just made that word up, but it's very cool. Anyway, the, the podcast today is, uh, is one I'm very excited about because I have as my guest someone that uh, is, is very well-known and very well-loved. That's right, because I, I told people, I'm like, you're not going to believe who I have on the podcast this week. And they're like, you're kidding me. Oh, I was such a huge fan. I had the biggest crush. So, yeah, he's here. He's going to be on in just a second. And you're like, well, who are you talking about? See, this is called the tease. When you talk about things and you don't really tell who it is, uh, or you kind of give hints of what's coming up in the industry, that's called the tease. I know, and we hate it. Just tell us who it is or get on with the show. All right. Well, you know him from Happy Days and Joni Loves Chachi. Oh, and who can forget Charles in Charge? Matter of fact, I should ask him if he's still in charge. No, that's pretty hokey. I am not going to do that. But I might. You should listen to find out if I do. There's that thing called a tease again. Please welcome the one, the only, Scott Bayo. I'm so excited to have as the guest on Remasculate Podcast today. Actually, it's it's awesome. Everybody I said that I was going to do this, they were like, you've got to be kidding me. No, not really. Yes, it's really. And it is. It's Scott Bayo. Scott, how you doing? Oh, fa- I'm, I'm okay. Thank you. I'm honored to be on it. And... Um... And uh, you know, glad to be here. Well, you you were you've always been. I, I'm a fan. I will tell you that because uh, I, I I grew up. You know, of, of most of the world being the uh, watching you and everything you've done, and you. uh, and then I became even more of a fan when I saw like this dude is is one of us. He actually <laughs> loves America. Yes. So wh- I do. What what uh, was there a transition anywhere in you that said I am I'm basically now a conservative or you or you lived your life more more that way? I've been this way as far back as I can remember. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood in Brooklyn where people worked hard. My father worked hard. Uh, nobody asked the government for anything. Uh, people helped each other if there was a problem. Um, I I didn't know anything else. I didn't. I, I, all I saw was hardworking people growing up. And then I started working when I was about nine and um, worked hard and, and worked for a long time and still working. And so I don't, uh, I was, I, I saw family, I saw hard work, I saw people taking care of themselves. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody asking for anything from anybody unless it was really a desperate situation. So I've been this way my whole life. Uh, and, you know, I've been asked many times over the years, Steve, why, why being a conservative in Hollywood, why I would go against the grain. Yes. And I, but I thought I was the grain. I thought this is the way we are as Americans. And yeah, but you being in Hollywood, didn't you You feel that that 
kind of tension and, and you know and, and I at one point did the Hollywood thing and always heard about you know the 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 underground conservative what was it the friends of uh, friends of Abe or whatever it was and did you just like no I'm I'm just going to live my life straight out the way it is no I I know there are conservatives in in Hollywood but they keep their heads down. I I was involved with Friends of Abe for a little while, but they weren't active. And Gary Sinise is a great human being, but they weren't an active organization, and that's fine. Yeah. But I I I sort of got aware of of politics as everybody does. This is which is why you can't you can't let kids who are sixteen <laughs> vote, which is what they want. No. You can't let kids who are eighteen, in my opinion, vote. But they do vote and. This is my my humblest of opinion. You don't know enough about the world, especially at 16, 18. I, I don't know. But when I was late teens, early 20s, I, I caught uh, a Ronald Reagan speech. And I went, well, dang it. That's pretty much how I feel. But prior to that, I knew who the president was. I kind of knew how government worked yeah. from school. But I didn't really have – I didn't really care. Uh, so – I, I, I've been this way a long time, and uh, once, once I heard once I heard Reagan, it was a different ball game for me. Right, right. It's kind of. And, and by the way, I campaigned for Reagan, Steve. Oh, did you? I campaigned for him, and everybody was fine with it. Right. Well, that's because it, it was America. We were feeling much more American. And I was going to say when you were talking about the kids kids voting now, I knew that yeah they were pushing for that lately around here, like get younger voters. You know, when we were eighteen, we might have been a little more adult than what I see eighteen year olds today. Even don't you think that there's even a, a been a switch and like people don't really seem to grow up much like they used to. Well, that, well, that that's an interesting observation. I, I think I, I think kids today grow up faster socially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, although maturity, maybe it's maturity is what I'm thinking of. The- maturity, yeah, I, I don't think they're very mature. I don't think they have the wherewithal to know about socialism, to know about communism, to know about good and bad and evil. And there are evil countries and evil people in the world. Uh, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Right. And I mean rainbows in <laughs> right. Not you know, you know how I mean rainbows. I got you. Not everything is not wonderful and fantastic. Right. Right. So uh, let me ask you you said you started uh, you started young working. What was your first job? Oh, I started uh, uh, commercials when I was 9 years old. Um, and that was uh, you know, I got into a movie and and went from there. Was that? I, mean, I, I just started doing. You know, when you're this. Don't forget, Steve. This is 1969. Oh yeah, but a I, different universe back then. Right, but, you know, but, was, but I did. Your first job was not like, hey, I, I gonna gonna have to cut the grass. At one point, you were like, hey, I really want like to do some acting. I mean, that was kind of your deal. Oh well, my well, my father had had um, different businesses when I was young. He owned car washes. And uh, a, a chain of uh, puppy stores, um, and it was up to me and my brother and others to clean the cages in the puppy stores, to uh, to clean the cars, clean the white walls and the cars going through the car wash. I had regular jobs with my old man, but um, I I did stuff around the house. I I I had to do stuff. Around yeah, the house. chores. So we it was I I. I 
you have to understand my, 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 my family structure was my mom and dad. And it was me and my brother and sister. And I was nothing. My brother and sister <laughs> were nothing. We were kids. Yeah. I'd do this and do that. And, you know, we're also going to knock your heads together. And that's the way it was. And it was great. And it worked. And then I, be- and then I became famous and nothing really changed. <laughs> my father was still telling me to do stuff and do this and do that. My brother would smack me around. And that's the way it was. That's awesome, actually, because to feel like they were like, yeah, yeah, big shot, take the trash out. That no, kinda... no, 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 never, never, <laughs> not even, even now. I, I'm, I, I have to tell you, I, people will ask me things about my life, and my life is so normal, whatever normal is, that I think people would be surprised. I do... I do the dishes. I do my own laundry. Uh, I take care of. I just had to fix a toilet. Did it myself. Did you? Did you YouTube? Did you? Did you YouTube on what you needed to do to fix it, or, or was that like? I did not. Ah, no, you, I did not. You just knew it. I did not. I did not have to go to YouTube. Because <laughs> that's most people. Well, you're talking like I saw a picture today that somebody posted of Clint Eastwood pumping his own gas. I don't know if you saw yeah. that. And you're like. And everybody's like, yeah, that's the man. That's the way it ought to be. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I I don't know how else to be. I don't have people working for me. I It's me, my wife, and my kid, and my friends. And If I need gas, I go get gas. I fix the toilet. <laughs> I, I eyeball the toilet. I don't, I don't need to watch a video. I don't read directions on how to build anything either. I just look at the, the picture on the box. That's because you're a I man. Go, well, let's go. <laughs> otherwise, I, otherwise I, I'll lose my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I the I the instructions are always the last go to. You know, even when I'm doing like you said, I'll look at the box and see if that looks like it is yes. is that assembled right? Is that handle right. upside right. down? Is that But the problem with that is 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 when you're done you'll always find one or two screws or bolts sitting there going, Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope that it stays the way it is and doesn't collapse. Yeah, I did that with my my son when he was little. I put his training wheels on his bike without the instructions. I thought, I can do this. Your bolts go in, you tighten it down, and just a few feet, a block maybe, the wheels go pop and he falls over and he just screams, You tried to kill me. That's what he (laughs) You tried to kill me. No, I was trying to get you off the training wheels. Yeah, so maybe instructions sometimes should be like, okay, maybe I should, for the safety exactly. sake of my child. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you no, know, we get through it. Oh. Hey, what is that? What is that sign in the corner? Which car? Car? car your other? Your other shoulder. The your side shoulder. The other shoulder. Oh, car. uh, Carhartt. Oh, the the clothing. Yeah, the Carhartt clothing. Yeah. Car heart clothing. Yeah, got kind of the redneck. Okay. This is d- down here where I'm, where I'm recording from. Is like three. It's like uh, sets. I actually have different sets uh, over in that corner where you're talking. There's a big old screen TV, and I shoot some videos of a character over there. And I've got liberal Larry Larry's character over in another corner. So it's actually oh, really? it's like a little TV studio in in down nice. here where I am. And what part of the world are you in? I'm in Denver. Oh my god. Okay, I worked there. I worked. Uh... I did a series there for a couple of months. Which one? Called, called uh, Diagnosis Murder. Oh, yeah. With uh, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. I did it for three, two years, but we shot, um, I stayed at the embassy suites on Arapaho 
Rappahoe Road. And something. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's, nice. that's when that when Viacom was like the, the king of that for a yeah. while, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. You, they were doing all those diagnoses, uh, the murders, Father Downing. Perry Mason. Perry Mason was down there. Yeah. Fa- Father Dowling Mysteries. Yes. Tom Bosley. Yeah. Late Tom Yeah. Because I had a lot of friends that were doing extra work for that those shows. And and all of a sudden it was oh, like cool. Hollywood was like, No, we're we're leaving Colorado. They've they're they're the hate state, you know. Really? Yeah. I don't know I, exactly what happened, but that that's what uh I don't either. But I liked it there. It was nice. The weather was weird, but I liked it. Yeah. Well, so just to Few few question extra question for just question question because I, I know people that they found out you were going to be on here they were like ask him about ask him about and so just out of curiosity what is the worst thing that you've ever eaten well you've traveled so you've been around yeah oh I see what you say not like something that went bad yeah oh I could I could tell you um and, and the people were lovely the town the country was lovely. <laughs> I don't want to hear any crap. Um, <laughs> chutney. Oh, I got to agree. There's something and about the texture. Followed closely by Cavilta fish. Never had that, so I can't agree. But Don't have it. I love my Jewish friends. I have a very dear friend of mine who's an Orthodox Jew. <laughs> I love him. I said, I will never go to your house if you serve Cavilta fish. I will never go to your home. It is... <laughs> Out. They it try is going- to cover it. They try to cover it with I don't uh, cranberry or tobacco. I don't know what. The, oh, hey. but that and chutney <laughs> are no good. Oh, if you could throw one person into a pit of lions, who would it be? Oh boy, that's a that's a that's a fairly long list, Steve. I, or is that I, one of those that you? I shouldn't answer because if this goes out, these people are going to attack me on on social media. Yeah, I, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a, yeah, I'd rather not answer. I got a, I've got some personals, and I've got somebody who's been accusing me of things. Uh, I've got uh, a long list. of people. Yeah, I followed that story, so that might yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, going back to your your kid days, what was the very first album that you ever bought? That I bought. That you bought. That you said, I am buying this, like, yeah, my money. I don't care if mom and dad like it. My hand to God, I I just had this conversation, and I couldn't remember if it was – it was I bought it from television. I think it was KTEL. It was either Elvis Presley's Greatest Hits – or Chuck Berry's greatest hits. And I don't remember. But I was I was a big Elvis fan and a huge Chuck Berry fan as a kid. Uh-huh. I went to see him in concert, I think, when I was 10. Uh that that might be the first album I ever bought with my I was probably 10. 10, Ten years old. Ten years old. Own your own money. Now, as a as an Elvis fan, have you Wait, ever my own money? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, wants to spend their own money when you're ten. Well, that's true too. But I, I remember like my my dad. There were certain bands that were like, "I'm not paying for that. If you want it, you buy that yourself." You know, that was that kind of stuff. Or you know, uh, posters on our wall because we were my generation. I'm you know I'm pretty much the same age you are. We we were posters. We had posters on the wall. You know. And my dad was like, nope, not paying for that one. If you want that on the wall, you're going to have to buy that yourself, you know. 
Yeah, I, I bought some. Well, I'm trying to think if I spent, I, I don't even remember. You know, what is it, 50 years ago? Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. First of all, to say to say that line, hey, this happened 50 years ago to me. You're like, what? It, you, you have to, it's almost Did, like you, you, you're outside of yourself saying it and you're looking around like, what the hell's going on? Isn't that the but freakiest feeling? Uh, isn't that the freakiest feeling? At all though yeah. that 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 yeah. past you're like fifty years ago what nineteen seventy no it can't be you know you yeah. see a rerun yeah, of something and you're like crazy. what absolutely it's it's just, I and I I you how old are you I'm sixty four okay so I'm I'll be sixty one okay wow no oh, you, you said it out loud <laughs> you know there's it's, things all over the internet that people don't know exactly how old you are you know that right. There's there, um, there's stuff that like he was born either such and such or such and such. It was either this year or this year, and even Wikipedia yeah, even Wikipedia guesses your age. Something happened. The the, the birthday is always the same. The year is different. It's either sixty or sixty one, and I don't know when that happened or why it happened, but I'll take the year. <laughs> Happily. I know. Yeah. That's what I always tell people about this year that we've lost with COVID. That's the one. That's the year. That's the back. year. You, yeah. I want that. That's what I was going to say. I want that back. And, and right. you, you hit a certain age and you're like, I don't have a year to lose. You know, I was talking to my, my mom who's 93 and she's like, you know, uh, you know, a, a year for some people in here that they didn't see their husbands or family, you know, like that's, that's eternity to those people. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I want that year back too. Very sad. I, th- I feel like we've been lied to, Steve, and I'm just—I uh, know we've been lied to. Yeah, I was so. going to ask you. So you, you think you—you're pretty sure about that too? Oh, I'm just reading Fauci's emails. Yeah, just going by what he says. And if you want to believe the science, he seems to be the lead guy in that department. He said masks don't do anything, and he said this is basically just going to be a bad flu season. But um, somebody got to him. I don't know who, and uh, it's it's all. Very, uh, look, I could do an hour on this. I am so I am. So That's what we're off. here for. <laughs> I am so pissed off at what this country has become, and and what bothers me more than anything is how quickly people just capitulated. Okay, I gotta wear a mask. I gotta stand inside. Okay, yeah. And I can't I can't go near anybody. Okay, fine. And I was like, what what happened to this country? What happened to the people in the country who became a bunch of friggin' wimps? Yeah, and it's it's sad. Well, it's just sad. we were getting we were getting raised to that point. Things were happening, and we were getting you know like stay inside, watch your big screen TV. You know, people don't go out like they used to. As a as a stand up comic do, doing clubs, I, I was noticing that people were like, you know, hey, there's something on Netflix this weekend. I'll try to catch your show next time. You know, hey, I'm coming to town. Hey, you know, I was love to, but uh, you know, we got this thing happening at the house, and I got the new big screen TV. The big screen TV. I think made people like, hey, I don't mind not going out of the house ever again. It's just sad. I, um, and they just botched the whole, they didn't even botch it. They just fabricated everything, everything. And that's what, that's what bothers me. I still see, I see people driving around in their cars with the windows closed with the mask on. What, what are you thinking? Now, somebody so, has told me that they think the mask people now, because it was uh, here, especially here in Colorado, they, they say, if you're double vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask. 
And so they, they're, a lot of people are claiming that it's the, the anti-vaxxers that are going like, well, no, then I'm just going to wear my mask to show that I am not going to take the vaccine. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, no, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm hearing. I don't know who's telling you that, but that's crap. Isn't it? I, I agree. Every, every person that I know wearing a mask has either been vaccinated or is petrified of COVID. Yeah. And the people that are not wearing masks, I find, are conservative people who are like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Right. I, I don't believe it. So that's my that's my opinion. To to double mask. Uh, wait, let me get this straight. You're saying that the people who don't want the vaccine are wearing masks, right? Because the law here is saying if if you have vaccine, you don't have to wear it. So to prove that they're not vaccine, see what I'm saying? They're like, see, I have a mask because I am not going to take the vaccine. It's but a weird visual, think- but. But people are taking the vaccine and still wearing the mask. I know. Well, that's what's going to be. You have to wear the mask <laughs> if you're vaccinated. Well, that's what he it's, says. Like, wait, you're staying. You don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. Right. If you have, if you're double mac, if you're double vaccinated, double, double. If you're done, no mask. So they're saying that's anywhere. What, yeah, anywhere. And, and that's, they have to have a card. Uh, they're they're not legally supposed to ask you. So all the signs on stuff are saying if you are double vaccinated. You know, a mask is not required here. So it's kind of that, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink thing. Not here. Not there yet, huh? Oh, this this place? <laughs> this, this, this communist state? This governor is this governor needs to go. He's bad. He's a bad man. He still he still thinks he still thinks there's a pandemic. Like he ever thought there was a pandemic. He still thinks there's a I mean, how how, how how do you, as a fairly intelligent human being at, with a, in a position of power, look at Florida, look at Oklahoma, look at South Dakota, look at all these states that have been basically open from the beginning. Texas. There's no difference. In fact, they have a less rate than we do and say, you know what, maybe maybe I'm doing this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the ego and the power trip and, 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 and Governor Whitmer in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how she's still in office. I, I they, they're allowed to recall there, aren't they? I think so. They're they're leaning that way, but you know, leaning that way. They, they ought to be leaning that way. Well, you know what's 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 hard, and you know this now is that you and I can do this, talk like this, but real discussions can't be had in social media. Like real people can't be like, "Hey, we need to vote our vote our governor out," because they're like, "Oh, you're." you know, causing trouble or you're trying to create a riot, they'll kick us off. So that's one of the things I think is missing in social media again is that open, real open dialogue where people can get together and go, I agree, there's now one million of us, you got to go. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I, well, I, I think uh, social media, as good as it is, I think it can be very bad. I think the media is, I think the media. Media itself. The, the, just the mainstream is, um, I don't want to say treasonous. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they want. I don't know what they're promoting, what they're perpetuating. I, I don't, they, they, they are, they want, they want a race war. Yeah, I think they so too. Them. And I have no problem with anyone. They have a, they, they want the blacks and whites and the Asians to all hate each other. And I don't know why. I really don't know what the end game is for these people because I can tell you, Steve. I, I I'm a cigar guy. Mm-hmm. There's a lounge. There's a lounge near where I live, 
and I go in there and there's people from every possible race, culture, creed in that place. Blacks, Persians, Armenians, uh, Jews, me, uh, every, everything. And we all hang and we all make fun of each other and we all like each other. The way it used to be. And, and what? The way it used to be. Yeah. And, uh, and at the end of the day, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Well, nobody has a beef. Nobody. We, so my point is what this, the media is saying is complete bullshit. There are people out there that want to divide us. But when you get people together, I, I don't care less what you look like. I couldn't care less. But they want to. Um, well, a lot of younger people, a lot of the younger people don't realize what we had at that point back in the in the 70s when yeah, our, our early 80s with the with Cat Stevens and Peace Train and all everybody wanted the you know the soul train it was like the the society had come together in the 70s it was remember that whole the sure. the period and i think the younger people they didn't live through that they've been they're being fed all this divisiveness they don't understand what it was like to absolutely completely get along um yeah, I I think they just I think they're I know they're being told that America is bad and America is racist, and we're not. No, we're just not. Like I, done, I I posted some stuff done. about critical the critical race theory. Yeah, you know how and and I said you know theory is it is not a fact it's a theory it's like because they keep saying conspiracy theory. Right. It's the same. You have a theory, so. If I can come up with any theory I want to, and it doesn't make it right. So I don't understand how they're pushing a theory. They push it by saying if you don't approve, if you don't go along with it, you're racist. And I don't, yeah, it's a theory. I agree. Uh, but they are on it. They are pushing it. And, I, and I'm glad that parents are now starting to fight back. Oh, big listen, time. you go to school, reading, writing, arithmetic. Goodbye. I don't need my kid to learn anything from you other than that. Period. And that's the way it used to be. Right. And now, and well, uh, they, well. I, I dug, well, a, I dug a, 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 out of the internet the old, uh, like, teaching rules from the 1880s. I don't know if you've ever seen any of like, teachers no, must, teachers must. I, I, think I, I think I lived through it, but go ahead. <laughs> you probably did, but they were, they had these, you know, like the rules, like the teacher must wear this, the teacher can't smoke in public, the teacher can't be, it was all these, like, rules, and you're like, maybe we should get back to something like that for our teachers, where they, they have these standards, but I don't think they would, like, want to have standards anymore, you know. No. They're all too woke for standards, and that, that's that's uh, that's not going to work, uh, unfortunately. But well, didn't you uh, see this coming not, about twenty years ago when everybody started saying, "Well, what? Why are you right? Whose morals are you to say are correct? Who who are you to judge anybody?" It's like that's when it all started, like semi crumbling. Right. So so don't teach anything. Don't teach any of that. You don't have to. I, your parents are for morals. You go to church for morals. But they've they've eliminated God from school, so uh, who, who, so look, I the government wants parents out of the way. Government wants to raise these children because they want to indoctrinate them. And finally, I think parents are starting to notice what's going on. So listen, I went to Catholic school as a boy. Man, I got knocked around by by the teachers, right? Yeah, and I don't think they should do that anymore. But my daughter goes to a school now. It's strict. 
There's certain things they will not, you can't do a lot of things and you will get detention. And it's not like, oh, little Johnny, oh, he you're being mean to him by giving him detention. No, my kid gets detention, which she has not. But <laughs> what do you do? Well, if you, if you did something wrong when you deserve detention, you know, that's the way it is. Punishment. Right. Punishment. Fear works. We got the paddle. Did you get a paddle in school? Were they using that? No, I had a a, a ruler that was made of steel about this big. Uh-huh. And we had to bend over and grab our ankles. Oh. Oh. You had the, the round paddle? Yeah. Yeah. On the butt? Yeah. On the butt. Right on the butt. And our coach, where I was, he was allowed to spank you for every letter of the cuss word he caught you using. Wow. Yeah, so certain words were very painful. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Yeah, we got uh, we had our fair share of, of getting knocked around. But you know what? It helped. Well, I, I say it all the time, like... I was afraid of my parents. I was never my my kids. My my dad was never my best friend. You know, like you always hear that now. Oh, my kids, I, we're like right. we're like best friends. I right. I was afraid of my dad. I I was until the day he died. I was afraid he had pulled something and hit me with it. And I have never I've never been in trouble. I've you know never gone to prison. So I just feel like that fear. You're supposed to fear authority, not like ah oh, whatever. You know, mom, mom's not going to do anything. No, fear is a very valuable thing. Fear kept me as a young boy from doing a lot of stuff and bad stuff. Not that I was, I was never really interested in drugs. Uh, but even that, my father said to me when I was very young, if you do drugs, I'll kill you myself because I'd rather do it than have the drug kill you. And I went, oh, is he kidding? No, he's not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know what, all right, you know. And stuff like that. Don't ever care. Don't ever have a. Don't ever have a cop bring you home. And I. These are things that I was because you know the cop isn't the problem. I'm your problem once the cop drops you off. Right. And I went. Got it. Yeah. You know, my father was a big dude, and and he would have kicked the shit out of me. So. Did you did you and your dad it. ever do that uh, square off thing where, Dad, I'm a man now. Did you ever have that showdown with your dad? Never. Oh, good for you. <laughs> See, my, you know, my father did all this preemptively. <laughs> he said, and and again, I think it was, I think it was very smart because my father, God rest his soul, was all about respect. You had to respect him, and that's the, the reason why is unimportant. But he said to me and my brother, he said, "Ever comes a day where you can take me in a fight, I'll get out my rifle and shoot you both." Now, what, what's the comeback to that? I'm a man. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm bulletproof. Okay. Hang on a second. I'm going to go up to my bedroom. Right? Yeah. So he, he just, he nipped that early. Well, you know, the word you use, respect, you don't hear a lot today. You, I don't think kids are taught that you're supposed to respect stuff. You know, like respect people's property. I, I do a thing in my act, or I used to, about you see kids riding bicycles in stores today. I said, if I'd have got on a bike near my mom, she'd have knocked me off of it and goes, that doesn't belong to you. Put that back where you found it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't think there's that kind of respect for property or people or life. Respect is a or, word that needs to come back. Or self. Yes, yeah, self-respect. Self-respect. And that... I have a I have a thirteen year old daughter, 
And I see the way girls dress. And I say to my Bailey, you respect your body. You respect it. Do not do what these girls do. God gave you a beautiful face, healthy, and, and you respect it. That's all you have to do in life is be, have self-respect. And that'll take you a long way. Because a lot of the kids, and her friends are great. I, these these are kids that that I see walking around. Yeah, and I and I just I'm I'm so I'm heartbroken by what they're doing, um, and I and I, that's the number one. I said, hey, Bailey, you have self respect, and don't let anybody ever disrespect you ever. If I'm not there, your mother will be there, and if we're not there, you need to kick some ass. Yeah, because that's all you got in this world. And the second thing I say is, you be respectful and courteous. Kurt, and we've lost that completely. Oh, Steve. big time. Opening the Courtesy door for somebody. Gone. Or- gone. I mean, nobody wants to say thank you. Nobody nobody says you're welcome. It's gone. You cut somebody, somebody cuts you off, they give you the finger. Yeah. Um, you know, just how about go like, sorry, that's all I need. Yeah, excuse so, me, excuse you know, me. Yeah, whatever. And that's gone. And, and it just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's disheartening, but. What would Somewhere be in, what would be Scott's plan to try to bring that back? What how would you start even beginning to bring back that type of America again? School. In school. In school. I I would if I was king, mm-hmm. I would everybody has to wear a uniform. You have to conform with the you have to wear the uniform. You can't alter it. You have a uniform, you have to have certain code of conduct in school. You have to bring prayer back in school. If you don't want to pray, then sit there with your eyes closed and think about a song, whatever. Uh, Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank you and please. You have to say these things till till it's just getting. And then, you know, God, of course, uh, like I said, um, you have to test. You have to study. You have to do you You have to have a regimented life. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no structure anymore. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I, think, I think the big problem, like you said, is God. I think people don't think there, there's an afterlife. They don't think they have to worry about something that, you know, I, I was always worried about my soul. As a kid, I was raised that you need to worry about your soul. That's a black yeah. spot. That, that, what you just did, that's oh. a black spot on your yeah, soul. I had that. I had that. <laughs> you know, so I don't, did you have the picture of Jesus in your house whose eyes looked at you no matter where you were in the room? A lot of us, I've talked to other people, there was always a picture of Jesus and the way it was painted, that, that it looks like you, my brother and I used to, we'd hide behind chairs. I remember another picture. No, we didn't have, we, we had Sinatra. <laughs> and his eyes followed you all around. The- <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, that, uh, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Did you know friends that had that picture? Do you oh, remember yeah, seeing absolutely. that thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because that yeah. that picture, as a kid, I mean that when that hung in your in your bedroom, there was nothing you could do. Jesus was watching, you know. Our, our, our nuns used to draw like a like an uneven circle uh-huh. uh, on the on the on the bolt black on the blackboard, uh-huh. which they don't have anymore. And then take chalk the flat way and make it all white, and then say every time you you sin, get an eraser. Oh, and say there's a black mark on your soul. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you sit the entire is all you're going, ow. <laughs> there's a little black spot on my yeah. soul today. 
So that's that's what I grew and but it worked. It worked. Yeah. Now what what would you say it, it, that you probably did that would have gotten you one of those those black spots that no one knows about? Not a not a bad one, but something you go, no, Ooh, I probably that, I that would, probably we, got me. We would steal stuff. You know, we we would petty nothing stuff, uh, break stuff. We weren't we weren't really we weren't criminals by any stretch of the imagination. But we were just little kids running around the street. We never we never stole bikes or anything like that. We would take them for a ride, and borrow, and bring and bring them back. But we never, we'd never steal them. Um, I my got- friend Richie and I got caught stealing from a candy store by a cop. Which was actually kind of funny, but um, you've got AOL. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, Steve. I I, I found this. Um, you know they have. Oh God! You know they have those sound the, the the sound notifications. Uh huh. And one of them is you've got mail. <laughs> that's Instead it's of a ringtone. Or it's something, very cool. It's very retro. It's pretty cool. So I put that on my phone. <laughs> Anyway, we never did anything criminally or anything. Like but you were gonna say so, you were gonna say one of you and you and your buddies got did something and got caught right before you got mail. There was a oh, me and my friend Richie were at a were at a uh, a candy store, and you know we we were I don't know ten, and let's see if I can explain this to you. There was <laughs> it was a, a candy counter. Right, like a kit, like a wall full of candy. The there was the counter where you they would jerk the sodas. Uh-huh. Here, here was a window going out to the street. So Richie grabs me, and he pulls me over to the to the candy uh, wall to block the store owner from seeing him shove candy down his pants. Right. So I'm leaning like this, and Richie's behind me, putting candy down his pants. Little do we know, looking in the window was a cop. Oh! And, and we walk outside, and the cop says, hey, how you guys doing? Like, good, how you doing? Doing good. He says, uh, what's in your pants? <laughs> and my friend Richie starts wising off, and I said, Richie... He says, well, if there's a long story short, the cop says, well, I'll tell you what. I can either take you home right now, the way you are, to your parents, or you can go back in the candy store. I'll turn my back, and you deal with the, with the owner of the store. What would you like to do? I said, let's, let's go back in the store. Let's go back in the store. I don't want to go home. <laughs> so we went back in the store. We dumped all the candy. He said, sorry, mister. We still eat candy. He was cool. We left. So, but the and, cop was very fun. See, not all cops are bad. Not no. No. Very few cops are bad. Very few. I got I got busted. The reason the same thing. I I uh I took these they were decal stickers that you could put on your arm and if you got shot with a water gun, they they looked like they bled. It was oh, this, wow. I don't know if you ever saw those. It was no. you could you could put them on you and and you shoot each other with a water pistols and you know. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so cool. yeah, they were pretty cool. But I I and another friend we, we lifted some. And uh, got busted by the parents, our parents, right. and, and had to go back. The same thing. You could either go to jail. You want to go to jail or you want to take these back. 
I will take them back. And it was the most humiliating thing in my life. I, I mean, I was yeah. sick at my stomach. I, do you remember that feeling of like having yeah. to deal? I was yeah. sick. I was horrible. I was, a, I'm a horrible human being and I should have never done this. And I, you know, and that was it. That was, that was the, my lesson. I learned it. And it was like, I, well, this is, is so wrong and awful. Yeah. I, um, I, I get it. I mean, it, you, 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 it, it's a great lesson. It's a wonderful lesson to learn. But how many? But how many, how many parents now would be like, "Oh, you know, what's the deal? It's a big company; they're never going to miss it." You know, they got they. That's what insurance is for. You know, they got, you know a lot. Or or go get mad at the store or sue the store or whatever the hell it is anybody does now. But um, yeah, I, I man, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is anymore. It just seems to be all so much out of control. No. I'll go back to some of the. I'm gonna ask you some of the questions that I printed out that people ask me to ask you. Um, is there something that just really scares you? Because a lot of people, you know, because of your job acting, they don't assume that much scares you. Is there something that really just? Because I know people say to me, "Oh, I could never get up in front of people and speak," so they assume we don't have any fear. Do you have a phobia or a fear? Um, I, phobia or I, I have fear of, of, um, getting in front of people. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. But I, but I get incredibly nervous and then it's gone once I, once I'm out there. Yeah. But I'm a tremendous amount of fear. Even in your, your earlier acting days or? Uh, Now. Oh, (laughs) Well, I I feel the same. Man, I feel always. the same way. It, I I can get up in front of a, hundreds of people and do my act. I cannot be up in front of people like they go. Hey, you want to go up here and just introduce? Like, no, this is not my what I'm here for. I'm not a public speaker. If it's not in my element, I get very uncomfortable. Yeah, listen. When I spoke at the uh, Republican convention in in uh, in sixteen, I was I had the flop sweats. I was dying. Really? I, I didn't. Oh, yeah. It's not. This is not what I do. I, I was asked to speak by the president, by President Trump. And I, from the moment he asked me to the moment I was done, which was, <laughs> which was like four days, I was, I, I, I didn't know where to put myself. I, I would, if, 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 he, if I could have found a cliff to jump off, I'd have jumped off. I was petrified. Yeah. But I had a good time once I did it. Yeah. Well, you, I did. I did some shows a while back with Terrence Williams. I don't know if you. I'm sure you know who Terrence is, or I don't know if you've met Terrence. Uh, young uh, African American comic. He's a Trump says he used to be like one of his, his favorite favorite guys. But he he is one of those guys that can um, just absolutely just walk on. Like, let me go talk to these people and just be on and ready to go. And and I'm like, I don't know how people do that. I don't know how. Yeah. That, that's that's a that's a gift. That's an absolute gift. But I, I no, I'm not I'm not super comfortable. And I have phobias. I have thing, you know, some obsession, obsessive compulsive things that I do, like anybody, I guess. But let me let me see it. Uh, oh, people want to know that uh, what is the worst idea that you've ever come up with? That that guys have been known to come up with really bad ideas like, hey, watch me. I'm going to jump off this roof with an umbrella as a parachute. 
Do you ever? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it was actually that my 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 brother had a parachute, but it was this big, and either he told me or I said I want to jump off a house, and I did, and of course the chute didn't open. Not that it would have helped anyway, and I. You know, boom, um, tongue, oh. feet, lip, oh. a little bit. But that, what is, that's, I've done a lot of stupid things. Like what What would be one of your other ones that you would consider? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, every day I was, we, we, my friends and I, oh, we, we, um, my, my friend, well, that was, that was my friend. That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, my friend made a, made a grenade. Oh, when we were young, my friend and, did that too. Cut yeah, up, cut, cut uh, up gun, gun, uh, gun shells. No, he. Oh no, oh he used he had shrapnel in it. No, he would cut out the shotgun shell and take oh, the oh, powder oh. out, and that's what oh. he would. You know. No, he. We. This was the. This was July fifth, and we went around looking for all the dud firecrackers, and we found a lot of them, and he. We had a plastic grenade that was hollow and he mm. and, and man we he blew out some bricks in a corner of a anyway, that was him he was he was crazy <laughs> uh i mean we did a lot you know we jumping off houses with bicycles and i mean I'm, I, how how i am how a lot of people probably you were alive is beyond me very much so. The things that I did is like, because you know, in the summertime, Steve, uh, my father would give me like two or three dollars in the morning, and I was gone till night. Yeah. And nobody said anything, and we were out doing stuff, riding bikes, crashing into each other. We, we used to ride our bike on the highway. Did you really? I never. I was brave, but I wasn't that brave. Yeah, but no, we didn't. We, we it wasn't even brave. We just we had to get from here to there. <laughs> Were you lucky enough to have one of the very cool Schwins, the monkey bar, the uh, the 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 big jump? What was the what they call that bar on the back of the seat? I was, said the, it was the sissy, sissy bar. bar. Sissy I was, bar. I think it was an assist bar, but we called it a the sissy, sissy bar. bar. That's right. Um, I had a a a, Roy, a Royce Union Royce Union bike and then it was the other you know, stingray i didn't have i didn't have a schwinn i didn't have the crate which was the cool bike the right crate of the apple crate i didn't have those the rich kids around the block had those the gear shifter on it yeah right uh and then i moved up to a, a 10 speed peugeot that was my big bike yeah and but, then the- man, we, but, but, yeah we weren't but we the bike's bike was just to get us somewhere Right. We weren't bike riders or anything. Now your ten speed I don't know if it was the same for you, but the, the, the bicycle that you jump things with was your 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 was your stingray. Stingray. And also the yeah. ten speed comes along and as a as a kid you were like, This is the one that gets the girls. <laughs> this is almost my my uh my Maserati of this like is my Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh my God! Look, he's got a ten speed. Uh, we, you know, we 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 had uh, we we had. Um, I used to be able to pull a wheelie on a ten speed. Oh, bragging now! <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. 
But we we had we I will tell you a dumb thing that we did do. We had we had demolition derbies on our bicycles. We we ride right into each other and try to break the other guy's wheels and and things like that. And you know, you ride home with a bike that was going like this. <laughs> <you know. laughs> but we yeah, it's amazing that we're here. Yeah. Where are you from? Originally, uh, te- uh, well, I was born in Oklahoma, but I grew up in Texas. Most of my life, all- oh, Texas. Okay. And Where in Texas? Down around Houston, Conroe area. And mm-hmm. and my dad raised cattle. We had cattle. And, oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I, I grew up uh, around the, the animals and the farm and the, the farm life. And uh, I was raised with, you know, your word is everything you have. If you yeah. lie to me that you didn't fix the fence and a cow gets out, that costs us money. You know, I, there was right. v- very much, you know, it, I was always raised that your word is all you have. A handshake yeah. is a contract. And that's yes. that, that's just the way, you know, I was raised. That's gone. You know. How, how many had a cattle? Uh, I think at one point we had almost a hundred. It wasn't it wasn't big. My dad had land? Uh, two sec two fifty acre sections. Oh wow! So yeah, we he would we'd have these. I remember cattle drives as a kid where we have to move from one plot to the other. It's like time time to shift them over. You know yeah, that kind right. of thing. Okay, all right. That's neat. Yeah. My so wife is from Tennessee. Uh, so she knows the country life. Yeah, she grew up on a, she grew up on a farm. Milking cows and the whole bit, stripping tobacco and all that jazz. Yeah, so now, she knows about my life. Does that does that kind of life appeal to you? At one point, do you ever think I I would love to go live like that? Is it time to leave the big city? It sounds incredibly romantic. Uh, I don't think I could do it. I think I'd be bored out of my mind. As much as I love animals and being around animals. Uh, I, I don't think I could sit on a tractor for an hour and whatever whatever you do on a tractor and <laughs> be on a combine and whatever that thing does. And uh, I, I, I like I went to I went to my father in law's house. They live way out. They live in a town called Lebanon, Tennessee. And uh, they, I'd never seen it. I you know I grew up in Brooklyn and came to California. So when I went to their house. Uh, there was no other house around, and I and I I said, well, you know, where is everybody? He said, what do you mean? I, where's your I said, neighbors? Where's your neighbors? <laughs> and he went, you see that hill over there? I went, yeah. He says, well, you see that dot? I went, that's my neighbor. Uh, so can you can you see the city at night? Can you see the city lights at night? And he says, what city? <laughs> I went, well, wow. Um, so I, I don't know if I could live like that. I just don't know. Yeah, I, I tell my wife, I tell Janet, you know, that I would like to go live like that. You know, at one point, just go and have a couple of cows, maybe a chicken or two for some eggs. Just, and she goes, you couldn't do it. You're addicted to going into town. You like going and into You grew the, up like that. Yeah, but, you know, you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, I do. I do like yeah. going into, being able to go in. So I think for me, I've told her this, I wouldn't mind being far enough out of town that you could come into town. You know what I mean? If you could have like 10, 12 acres and it takes me t- half an hour to get into the big city. Well, uh, but but then what's – so then what's near you? Nothing? You mean, no, little, no little town? You mean now or back no, then? No, in your, in your fantasies, is there no little town near you? 
Yeah, and there's no little town. It'd be like living outside of Nashville or outside of Houston or outside of, you know, some bigger. Oh, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't. At this point in my life, I could never do that. No. I couldn't do it. No. No way. I don't even think my wife could do it anymore. You you have to be able to be able to walk somewhere or walk no. to the coffee walk. shop or walk to the cigar bar or nobody walks in LA. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. What's wrong with you? Well, nobody walks anymore. Actually, if I, somebody asked me the other day. I go out for walks in, in my neighborhood, and I got recognized because I was things that I've been on Comedy Central and other things, and I was a radio DJ here in Denver for years. And somebody just pulled up and goes, your car broke down? No, I'm actually I'm, – I'm walking for my, my, like no. my health and some sunshine. You, you, yeah, you, no. Your car broke down? No, I believe it. It's very funny. No, I mean, there's no walking. I don't. I try to walk as little as possible. What is your What is your health re- uh, regime? Are you a, Are you a gym guy? Are you a home gym? Are you a, like, hey, you know no. what? This is what I am. Accept me. <laughs> no, I I play a lot of golf. Um, so I get a lot of exercise out there. I play. My daughter plays quite a bit of golf too. Uh, what's happening now is my my daughter plays competitively. So she's at the age now where she's starting to train. So I try to train with her, uh-huh. try to walk with her. So she and I walk a couple of mornings a week. But that's pretty much all I do. I, I don't like the gym. You know, Steve, the older I get, the less I like people. I so I don't want to be around people. Anymore. No, I know that. I get the feeling. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I, it's okay. I don't need I, I don't need to ask somebody if you're done with that machine. <laughs> I, I, those days are. Did old. you wipe it down? Did you wipe it down? No, yeah, wipe it down now. With yeah, of course. Now, now I got the mask and the other friggin' thing. But no, um, no, I, I'm not a big. I was never a big workout guy. I don't. Uh, it's not my thing. Do you ever get? Do you ever get around people or to, at a party or a situation? To, and, and I'll back this up by saying my wife and I went to a, a gathering just recently. And, and typically I'm the one that's like, can we go now? Can we leave? Can we get out of here? And I was there to the end and she goes, I was surprised you weren't ready to go. And I'm like, we were all agreeing. We were all having a conversation about what's wrong with America. We all had a, uh, we all had a common goal. We need to take this country back. So do you ever find yourself in situations that you're just like, is it, is it the people or you just don't like groups? You know, did you, did you see, do you see what I'm saying? Is it, is it the people or are you like, I've got in any situation, I've got about two hours and then I got to go. Yeah. Whether it's with my brother and sister and his family, their families, friends, two hours, and it's like a, it's like an internal clock. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, I I sit there. I go, time to go. Yeah, get your purse. It's time to go. I I just don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and my wife gets mad at me, and I, I don't blame her. But I I just and 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 what what's ten times worse than that is when I travel. As soon as I get to the place we're going, I want to go home. I'm here. We we go to we go to Texas. Plane lands, go in the hotel. Okay, I want to go home. (laughs) So I don't know if that's a phobia or some sort of mental irregularity that I have, but I'm a homebody. It doesn't mean I have to be home. Yeah. I have to be close enough to come home and touch my stuff. And then (laughs) then I can leave again. It's like a weird weird game of of tag. 
All right, I'm good. Let's go again. Exactly right. I have to touch it, and then I'm fine. Maybe you need to carry around an object from home that you just go, oh, okay, let's go. Let's keep keep moving. You know, no, okay, I I am paranoid about house problems. I am constantly worried about water trouble or any other problem that I'm going to have to deal with because I don't want to deal with it. So what if a pipe what if a pipe broke while we're down here in Texas? What if what if the toilet just God, I will What if that toilet that I fixed without instructions does not hold? That's what <laughs> this is what keeps this is what keeps me up at night. And I'm not joking. <laughs> that keeps me up at night. And it's a horrible thing. You know, I'd like to be the guy, oh okay, I just go I'm not that guy. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But well two let me ask you two things before we wrap up here. Um I feel like I'm taking a lot of your time here. I'm enjoying the conversation. Oh so. no, no, I'm I'm having a great time. I I just don't want to keep you. I I was I was feeling live. Well, no, it's what? not. No, it's I'm recording on Skype and my and my computer for to post later after I put it. Oh, are you gonna Are you gonna cut it? Cut no, it down? no, I don't like okay. to cut stuff down, unless you want me to cut things out. I'm not a big fan. I like. Because when I did radio, I always thought I would tell people like okay, before our interview, let's don't talk because we always say good stuff we can't recapture. Right. So okay. I I always think that just being able to uh, to discuss and have a train of thought that you, you know, like oh, we were talking about this, but it went way over here and it got funnier. You know what I mean? Okay. No, God, ask me ask me whatever you want. Yeah. So I just w- was wondering is is there is there a part or something that you would love to do now? Is, is there something, because so much stuff, you know, some, I see so many people coming back. And I'm not saying you ever went away. Don't take me wrong. I'm just saying that, you know what I'm saying? Is there a part or is there something that you're like, uh, I went away. But do, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm okay. seeing people and things that you're like, God, they're, they're really doing well again. You know, is there something that you've, you've seen or you would love to do or? What, what I would really enjoy doing is, First of all, I love I love so, sitcom, but I I would I want to do a uh, a talk show with iconic television people from way back. Uh, you know, Barbara Eden, mm-hmm. uh, Betty White, uh, people, you know, Lee Majors. Oh, I'd watch people 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 of that era because that's the era that I grew up in. And I just I, I just want to ask them the questions. Where are you from? How did you get started? What do you do? How what was your first gig? What did you think? What was it like? You know, all those things, because because those people you don't hear much about um, because I guess they're 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 not um, current or relevant or I don't, I don't want to knock them. I, you know, no. I, I, I love Barbara Eden. I loved I Dream of Jeannie. I loved it. Me too. I got the chance to meet her and I lost my head. I, I was so excited to meet her, but I would like to speak with her about her, her uh, uh, experiences in show business and in her life. Because I, that's, that's, that's something that I would enjoy doing. You know, if you want me to act, I don't give a shit anymore. I really don't. I'll do, if I do another sitcom, great. If I work with Pacino, it'd be amazing, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. 
But you know, you can't you? I can see it. I can see you being the the dad of a sitcom now. You know, the uh, the like you said, daughters. I do a whole thing about you know. Yeah, well, I, the, the last sitcom I did, Steve, was uh, well, I played a dad uh, on Nick at Night called See Dad Run. Yeah, no, I remember that. But I'm saying now, as as like they're, they're I play a grandfather now. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh, what you, I'm, I'm serious. I'm sixty one. I'm sixty one years old. You do not look it though. But thank you. But I could be a grandfather. I know that's Easy. what. Yeah, that's what I I I wrote a a treatment for a sitcom that I sold to Disney back in the nineties, and uh, where I was the actual star of the of the the sitcom, and a friend of mine who was a, is a TV producer said, "Have you thought about rewriting that where you could play?" the grandfather in the script and and i said i no i've never my brain has not hit that point where i go i am not ready to go okay i'm the grandfather and i want to go audition for grandfather roles i want to be the old biker in something now i want to be the old you know no, I, I, you know what, I, and, and i gave up all that shit too i don't care i you know you want to be you want to have me play whatever? I'll play whatever. It's fine. I'm dressed in drag. I've done all kinds of roles. I couldn't care less. Yeah. I, I have a good time when I work, but I would really like to do that kind of talk show. I think that'd be kind of, I think that'd be, I think that'd be interesting and, and it'd be fun for me. It'd be well, fun for me. It sounds awesome. Is that something you've only thought about or is that something you've kind of voiced out to, to a few people? Because I think a show like that would be awesome for like Nick at Night or or the Discovery Channel where people are more. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I haven't even. Well, I haven't even. I've it just dawned on you. What? It just dawned on you. No, no, no. I've had this thought for a while. Um, what, what I'm going to be doing, which I really am kind of, um, I really look. I'm looking forward to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start. Um, and go speak, uh, speak in front of people. I'm going to go and do like a speaking tour. Oh. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that um, because I, 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 a lot of people ask me questions about my life. Not, and I, my ego is gone. I have no more ego, <laughs> ego anymore. I really don't. But people, people that have given me an amazing life are curious about things in my life and career. And I wanted to do the speaking tour to basically thank them for giving me this life and tell, ask, answer any questions they have, talk about stuff, you know, I, I, I show photos. So I'm going to start doing that. That's really cool. Uh, without, like, like a very. Which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Like a, like a, a super night of a, of a meet and greet. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, but it would be structured and it would be, you know, I would speak for an hour, an hour and a half and then answer questions, whatever they wanted to ask me and not make, you know, hopefully they won't get too bored um, and, and do that kind of stuff. But that's, that's really kind of what seems like fun to me now, because the thought honestly of, of go sitting on a soundstage for 10 hours a day, I got to tell you, man, it's not, it's not what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. You don't want to hear all right, say it again, but bring it up about 10%. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it, but if something comes along, great, but it's not what motivates me anymore. I, I love that idea about the, the golden age of TV. I just think a lot of people. Good. Thank you. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I go on YouTube and I look up things like, whatever happened to Vess Parker? <laughs> whatever, whatever happened to, uh, you know, the guy from Gunsmoke? 
How did yeah. he? How did he? Where, where's hey, he Les now? Parker, Les Parker was Daniel Boone. He was Daniel Boone. Yeah. Yeah. I know a guy that worked on Daniel Boone. D- you Stuntman. did? Yeah. No, I know a guy who did. Oh, okay. Stuntman. What was your What was your earliest uh, show? Um, show? Show that I was on as a regular? Yeah, or no, just a, a guest appearance. Like, you know, you watch some of these old shows and I go, Jesus, is that Ron Howard's little brother and that old thing? You know, like, you know what I mean? Was there, did you do a, an appearance on something that you were like? The only thing that sticks out of me is that there was a show called Muggsy. And I don't. I don't know where it is, when it was, what what network it was on, when it was on. You know, somebody's going to, after they hear that, they're going to Google, they're going to find it, it's going to be on YouTube, it's going to be attached to this somewhere. Muggsy something, and I can't remember who was in it, or, or, or although I do know that Marion Ross's future husband was in it. Oh. That named Paul Michael, great guy, passed away. Marion Mary Ross lives across the street from me. Really? Yeah. So there's some happy. That's a good question, Steve. I don't know the answer to what my first TV show was. God, it's too long ago now. Now, I I am addicted, and my wife complains about it. I am addicted to watching uh, reruns of of any old Western, Gunsmoke, Laramie, Big Valley, any of that kind. I I love that stuff because I think the shows have, uh, you know, Good stories. The good guy always wins. Is there something that you're watching or, or, or addicted to, or you're finding yourself that you're drawing, being drawn back into? Like, oh, I forgot I loved watching this. Or uh, we we love Young Sheldon. Mm-hmm. I, I don't the old stuff. Young Sheldon's my wife's favorite show. Yeah, it's it's great. And that term is used a lot, but it's a great, it's a fantastic. And I know Chuck Lorre, Chuck Lorre's first writing job was a Charles and Charge script. Was it really? Yeah. Um, what do I go back and watch? My my well, my wife watches, and I'll catch it whether she watches Golden Girls. Uh-huh. And I find that entertaining. I find it entertaining in a sense that it's so dated. Yes. The shows from the 80s are so dated now that I enjoy watching. Like Happy Days is on. And I'll catch it. My daughter records them. And I go, wow, that's, you know, I know it takes place in the 50s, but it's just a dated TV show. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't really watch. I watch a lot of documentaries. Uh, I, I have a 13-year-old girl, so we just watched Cruella, which was pretty good. Well, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of old television. I, I, I love the original Star Trek. I love it. Oh, yeah. From the sixties with Shatner and Nimoy. Yeah, I don't care if the walls move. I don't care when they close the door or something shakes. The rocks move. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's just so great. And I remember my brother and I watching it as a kid. I loved. I love it. And Shatner was great. He was great as Kirk. So that's one of the things that I'll watch if it's on. Well, you know, Shatner is one of those guys uh, of the golden age. Of Hollywood, uh, William Shatner's acting is William Shatner. Well, no matter if it was, if it was Star Trek or whether he's William Shatner, it's like right. watching John Wayne. You got a John Wayne movie, he act like John Wayne. Jimmy Stewart act like Jimmy Stewart. See, I'd like to interview him. Yes, I would love to interview Shatner. I, I would flip out to interview Shatner. He's so great. I mean, he's he. You're right. That he he has that's his. He's General Motors. That's what he does. Yes. He does Shatner. Right. And it doesn't matter. It's great. He did Shatner in the Twilight Zone. He does Shatner in the commercials now and whatever else he does. 
He's Shatner, and I love him. But can you but can, can you name a new actor in this new period that is an actor like that? Because in the old days, that's what you got. You actually, like I said, you got a John Wayne movie, Jimmy Stewart movie. You got a James Cagney movie. You, Nowadays, stars always want to be like, "Well, I put on fifty pounds for this one. I shaved my head for this I got, role." I got a guy. I got a guy that's the same guy. I think all the time. Who's that? Brad Pitt. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. He's basically the same guy, and he's great. Yeah. And I'm a big. I'm a big fan of his. He's a good actor, and he's handsome, oh, he's, so it works. Oh, he's a he's a great actor. He's a very underrated actor. I think he's. I just won an Academy Award. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> I think that award means anything. I think he's, he, yeah. I think he's an okay actor. He's a. Yeah, no, I think he's great. I feel I enjoy watching. I feel that way about Tom Selleck. I think Tom Selleck yes. is a yep. one of the better, very underrated actors. If you watch some of the the older the Sackets and some of those movies that he did, and then even now Blue Bloods, he is a good stoic character. Did you, you ever see the movie Innocent Man? Yes. With with uh, Selleck. Yeah. Really good movie. Yeah, but he's he's Tom Selleck, right? And he's I, and he's he's a I I haven't seen him many, but he's a nice man. I haven't seen him in many years, but uh, I like him. I think he's he's a good guy, good good uh, good conservative, I believe. Well, I I always liked the like in in the Magnum PI that he even though he's as big as he was and macho as he was that he would slug somebody and then go like. Ow, ow, like he like he hurt his hand, you know. Like he was, yeah. he he's not as badass as you you think he should be, you know. Well, you know, but I tell you what, man, that that's that's smart, and I and I I, I tell you why. If you remember the Partridge Family, mm-hmm. David Cassidy was a beautiful guy, beautiful beautiful looking guy, right? Handsome, right? Could sing, and he never got the girl. Oh, that's true. If you think back. The, that's smart. It's a smart because it's the guy who has everything. Oh, but he's not perfect. So we like him. Right. And that's, and that's what, and that's what Selleck would do. Great looking guy, had everything, hurt his hand, make, got made fun of. Yeah. And it's smart. It's smart to do it that way. I think. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that with, with the, uh, the David Cassidy. That was my sister's. Yeah. That was my sister's posters on the wall. Every teen yeah, magazine. Listen, I knew David. Oh, did you? Yeah, well, I did. Probably because y'all were stars. Uh, just no. I just um. I just yeah. I know him. I, um. That was a very I sad story. Oh, I think your zoom. I think you froze. There, oh, you're back. Your Zoom froze it for a second. Yeah. So I know, I know, I know his whole family, and I'd see him out, but then I'd you know run into him wherever. Nice guy, but unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. And his, I guess, it, what's his the brother? Uh, Sean is it Sean? I think he's Sean's half brother. Half brother, but Sean is different. Sean is like doing well. I mean, super well right now. He's like producing and stuff, right? Sean's a writer. Yeah, writer. Sean's a good writer. Yeah. And I know Patrick and Ryan, and they're a wonderful family. Um, but you know, some some people you know, die young, and that's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Man, that was a big. I uh, the Susan Day was always you know my in my generation was like oh yep. Susan oh you know. 
And again, you go, whatever happened? What happened to Susan? She was on L.A. Law. Now she's gone. What yeah, happened? I, That's not I, fair. Some people just some people just check out. They're not interested anymore. That's exactly. I, I always wondered that whether whether Hollywood says no or they just go, mm, I'm good. I made my money. I'm I'm going to go now. For whatever reason, they just don't want to do it anymore. I mean, it's it's a weird life. It is. But some people just get bored with it or just done or just you know, I've done it long enough and time to move on to something else and because you're always sort of chasing as an actor and it's a horrible position of being in. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that feeling as, as a stand-up comic, you're constantly looking for that next gig. Can I, you know, go. where's the booking? Hey, next two, next month is open. What the hell? Got to go call some clubs. Right. This is exactly right. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's one point you go, maybe you're just selling some shoes. Isn't some bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, man, I appreciate you taking the time to, to, to sit and chat with me. Um, I, I know I, I, people don't know this, but you do. Uh, Cat Turret had contacted me earlier and said, "Hey, Scott's going to be on with you. Can I do the show with you?" And I'd be that. That's awesome. And it turned out that he had some people show up unexpected and wasn't able to do this. So he's like, "Ask him if we can do it again sometime." So yeah, I love Cat Turret, and I said it on on the, the Gabs website. But absolutely, I, I think he's funny. I think you're great. Happy to come on whenever. Well, I appreciate and, uh, that. I I just I've known Cat Turd now for probably two or three years. Only through I mean like this we we've we've convers not even video on the phone. We've chatted on the phone. I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> I don't. Oh, is he coming on? Is he actually coming on? Uh, well, that's my. Oh, un- we have a key- I don't know. That's I don't know. That's exactly what he, he goes now. If we zoom, my real name will show up. So you'll have to block my. And I was like, okay. Oh, that means he might have a picture. So I, I don't know. This would all I'm saying would be a, a big discovery for all of us. And I was amazed to see that he was going to be a guest speaker. It's something that um, I think uh, Mindy Robinson and some of those guys were doing. And I was like, well, is he going to be behind a screen? Or does he want people to see what he – he's a big – you know, he's this weird enigma of of all you know is the white cat with the black glasses. God bless him, man. I think he's funny as hell. Oh, yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on and doing the podcast. And uh, is there anything that you need to promote or a way to find people? I always ask people, is there a website or a Twitter account or Instagram? Do you anything you want to plug? Well, we do have a um, a charity – uh, it's Bailey Bayo Angels found Bailey Bayo Angel mm-hmm. and we help children with metabolic disorders. So if you want to donate, um, it's a it's a good cause. Other than that, uh, but maybe when I start doing these uh, speaking things, I'll come back on and help you promote that. Hope I could give you know help promote it with you. That sounds great. It out a little bit. Yeah. Other than that. You know, just living life and enjoying it and happy to talk to you. And uh, and that's it. And well, awesome. And I will uh, I'll be following you on on uh, Twitter because uh, you, you tweet some great stuff, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Steve. Yeah. So. All right, man. Take care. And I'll uh, I'll see you uh, on the Internet later, man. Have a good one. God bless. Bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I had so much fun talking to Scott. I hope you learned some things. I did. So if you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. Click that link wherever you heard it. Share it with your friends. Say, hey, listen to this cool podcast called Remasculate with Steve Mudflap McGrew and Scott Bale. It was so much fun to listen to. 
I learned a lot and I laughed. Because that's, that's part of the good stuff of listening to a podcast. When you could learn and laugh. Matter of fact, that's part of the good stuff about life. You gotta laugh every day. Guys, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Till next time, God bless America. Go listen to some Oak Ridge Boys. I bid you adieu. In the basement of the mudflap house, flapping and blue. And the under with the greens and blues. And blue licks of self. And flap contemplates manly things. He thinks about guns and trucks and stooges three. Men and boys, and that doesn't sound right. He thinks about boobs and bacon and power tools. Come with me, let your masculine. Oh, won't you come with me and remasculate?